Changing healthcare starts with a dream. Better care, smarter care, and healthier people. Listen weekly as Dr. Gregory Goodman interviews today's most innovative MDs as they transform healthcare and share their journey from white coat to business suit, highlighting lessons learned and golden prescriptions for your success. Join us today and get your doctor-recommended dose of MD innovation. So this is Dr. Greg Goodman on The Modern MD, episode number 43. Super excited. We've got Dr. Ariel Drory, who's an internal medicine expert at Hadassah University Medical Center and co-creator of Thoraxis, a single-step, rapid life-saving solution for pneumothorax. Thoraxis is a one-handed thoracic portable opener that shortens the procedural time for chest tube insertion from minutes to less than 30 seconds. Dr. Drury is an attending internal medicine physician at Hadassah University Medical Center and graduate of the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. Ariel, welcome to the Modern MD. Such an honor to have you on the show. Hi, Greg. It's great to be here. So, Ariel, tell me a little bit more about you personally and your entrepreneurial journey. My journey is only in its beginning. I graduated from meds five or six years ago, started my internship and then residency at internal medicine at Hadassah. Part of the Israeli reality is that I'm obligated to serve in the army, so I'm a military doctor in reserve, which influences a lot of my work and thought. Also, the project for access that uh, I've been developing for the past year. Incredible. That's such an incredible story. It must be a real honor to serve, be a physician in the military. And, you know, what a cool story. So we love to launch the show off with a success quote. Do you have a quote that's important to you, Ariel, that you'd like to share? Anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. That's uh, Albert Einstein's word. It's inspiring for me. Everybody who tries. Everybody who tries something new, exploring new boundaries and new areas, is bound to do mistakes. A smart man will learn from his mistakes and keep on moving forward. Incredible. I, I love Albert Einstein. I, I think it's all about, you know, kind of learning and growing, and it's really part of the journey. So I want to shift to our white coat to business suit. I know you practice full-time, you know, as an attending internal medicine physician. But talk a little bit about your process and in getting involved in the biodesign program, kind of uh, some of your current work. The biodesign program is a joint effort of the Hebrew University and Adassa Medical Center that brings together medical doctors and fellows, along with engineering students, business school students, to form a working group, miniature accelerator or greenhouse. The idea behind the biodesign or bioengineering is that the medical fellow will bring the need. What's wrong in the current situation or practice that needs to be fixed or changed? And the engineering will bring the, the solution, the technical solutions for it. The business school students will wrap everything up in something that will be also feasible financially. This is the biodesign. I joined the program just a little bit more than a year ago. It was very exciting and, and learning experience. But I didn't have any, any clue what, what we was expected to do. How can you force someone or tell someone, sit down and it happened. It happened from real life or from, from the field, from out there. During one of my military service, 
uh, like you said, uh, in the military, uh, I'm in a different scenario than I'm used to be a, as an internalist at, at my hospital. I served as a military doctor with the infantry brigade, and I was called to treat a wounded soldier who was shot by a sniper right in the chest. He was suffering when I saw him. He was suffering from a pneumothorax. He has a systolic blood pressure of 90 and blood saturation of 90%. So there was no much of a question of what he had. I knew the condition, I knew what I needed to do. When I told my medic that get prepared to perform a chest tube insertion, the commanding officer approached and said, well, we don't have time for it. The helicopter will be here in two minutes. The helicopter doesn't wait. You have two minutes with the wounded soldier and that's it. I said, I don't think he'll survive without a chest tube. Fatal condition. But reality is stronger than everything. And two minutes later, the helicopter did land it. And two and a half minutes later, the, the wounded soldier was airborne. Fortunately, soldier survived the flight. It started, got me started thinking about it. And I realized that something is wrong. It's relatively simple procedure. In a hospital, in, in sterile condition, in optimal condition, it takes only a minute or two for a thoracic surgeon to, to perform chest tube insertion. But here in the field, I'm not a doctor, but I'm not a thoracic surgeon. In the dark, mud and, and blood all over the place. And it takes me more than just two minutes. If was, I was more skilled, maybe I can do it. But the average doctor or the paramedic out there in the field doesn't have the good lighting and, and two nurses and everything he needs to do it quickly. And it takes time. It takes five, ten minutes, even more. It depends. Recent events in, in Israel and all, all victims in both sides brought to the hospital many, many victims, many wounded that are untreated for quite a long time with chest trauma. Either it's penetrating or blunt. People die and they die because we evacuate them quickly to the hospital and we transfer them to, to the facility untreated. I approach my, my teammate, the two engineers, Yoav Kantor and Bettina Nador, and I presented them with, with the need. There is a need. There is a medical need. And now you, you, you figure it out. You find the technical solution. I pitch them some ideas, but they say that won't work and that won't fit. So they went to their drawing boards, computers, and they uh, came up with the idea. It's actually worked. Ariel, what, a, what an incredibly powerful story. I'm really touched by you know, the whole situation. And when I was doing kind of some research and work about you know, what you guys are doing, I know there's a lot of fancy apps that are coming out in the uh, in the healthcare space and people developing these, you know, kind of very consumer-like healthcare products. But one thing that I was really touched by was the real need. And, you know, I read a fact on your page that it said one third of preventable deaths in the battlefield are, are due to pneumothorax. And I was really just struck by, you know, the very practical and powerful implication your, your device could have and uh, really excited about your work. Can you talk about kind of the big vision for what you guys are working on and, and what most excites you about Thoraxis? Our goal is, as dramatic as it sounds, is to save lives. It doesn't really matter if it's military or civilian. It can being used in MVA uh, accident where a paramedic in a remote area steps down from the ambulance and see a, a wounded man or a woman crashed into a tree. And it can happen to a military doctor such as myself or a paramedic that is in the in a battlefield. So the goal is just one, to save lives. 
about the preventable death, that, that's true. And this is shocking because it only needs a one centimeter diameter silicon tube to save a life because of the time. Time is, is, is in the essence. People are deprived of this treatment for many reasons, whether the caregiver is untrained or he rushes uh, to the hospital due to the scoop and run paradigm, or like myself in the battlefield where I, I'm not in charge, I'm just, just a doctor. This is our goal. This is our aim. Incredible. What is, you know, you think the biggest lesson that you've learned kind of thinking about and designing the Raxis and, you know, can you talk about the team dynamics of bio design? I know you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but what is the biggest lesson that you guys have kind of learned in terms of designing this product and thinking about it? Well, I think because the biodesign has, has a lot of fear behind it, but eventually it's bringing different disciplines to, to the same table and everybody is giving his point of view. I came with the medical knowledge and the medical need. Then I, I've worked with my teammates in two fronts. The, the first front, like I said, is a technical front with the engineers and they did experiments with ribs. They actually went to the butcher and bought some pieces of ribs and start pushing and pulling and measuring forces and dynamics and elasticity and stuff that I really don't understand. Eventually, after they, they finished their preliminary calculation, they said, well, it's feasible. Uh, we can design something that you can operate with one hand. Things that I could only imagine or hope for them to, to achieve. And then I send them back to, to the drawing board and then they came up with technical solution, which I would never got to myself. The second part is the business economical aspect. Partner and associate, Ken Goldstein, an MBA student already graduated. He said, well, we have the, the best need in the world and then the greatest technical solution. But if it won't make someone enough money to or worthwhile uh, investing in you, then all your hard work and the engineer's hard work will go down the toilet. Together, we dove into the, the, the numbers and we saw that there's quite a market for it. Beyond the medical or humane aspect of saving lives, which is good, it will be impossible to develop and bring our product to the market if it won't make profit for someone. We realized that it's quite a big market. That's over $300 million a year. It gives us and, and any other investor out there uh, an incentive to actually put money into the project. Very exciting. It's a much bigger market than you initially think. You know, pneumothorax is, you know, just the collapse of the lung. And it's, a, it's definitely a bigger market than I was expecting. One of the hardest pieces in the entrepreneurial journey is failure. And I know you guys are, are kind of, you've developed kind of prototype, you're getting up to the initial stages. What has been the biggest challenge in terms of, you know, getting to the next level or you know, what do you see as some of the future challenges in developing and scaling the product? Well, the product itself is not high tech. There is not much of, of science behind it or engineering achievement. It, it's simple mechanism, the kind of things that you, you might say, how come nobody thought about it earlier? Because the mechanism behind it is relatively simple. Right now, we're exhausted the resources that the biodesign program allows us to, to use. And we're looking for funding. This is our big next challenge to find someone that is willing to, to invest in us, in the product, in our vision, to bring the, our prototype into something that is more usable, to do preclinical trials. And the next step will be clinical trials. Our plan is to start in, in a control environment in the OR, patients going into elective surgeries, thoracic surgeries. And they will sign the consent and 
at the end of the, the normal surgery, instead of putting a traditional chest tube, we will use our device. And the next step, actually taking it out to the field, trying it in real life, in real trauma patients. Incredibly exciting, getting it out into the battlefield. For those listening, I think it's an incredibly exciting opportunity to, uh, to look at really making a big impact and uh, you know, saving lives. I uh, really love the work that you guys are doing. I want to shift into our, not our typical hospital rounds. These are business rounds. Ariel, what is the best advice that you've ever received? Never quit. Never leave it with a no. My short experience in the field, I met with several people in the industry, in the medical field that say, it will work. It doesn't work well. You don't have enough market. Nobody will be interested. Don't take no as an answer. It's incredibly powerful for all those physician entrepreneurs listening. It's about, you know, the end goal. There's definitely bumps in the road, but not quitting. You know, I always say can't fail if you don't quit. So, you know, it's all about not quitting and, and keep going. Ariel, in the same light, do you have a daily success habit or something that you do in, in terms of a morning routine that you would attribute some of your success to? Well, I keep a very tight and, and elaborated schedule. I need to write down everything. Otherwise, I'll forget it. All the daily chores and all my daily program, I wake up early, take a look, plan my, my day ahead. It makes me feel that I'm on top of things. That's awesome. In terms of healthcare trends, what are you most excited about? Maybe not just in Israel, but you know, worldwide or globally. And uh, what are you following? As an internalist, many fields of interest, but I think globally in the medical world, I think we're moving into several directions. One of them is the information technology that is, surrounds us and overwhelms us. The medical information that accumulates on every one of our patients is staggering. We will eventually we'll have to find a way to cope with all the information every patient brings in his file. I think we'll see more and more uh, companies that are handling the patient's file and organizing it and synchronize it between different caregivers and facilities. The other one is uh, patient safety. We're seeing more and more uh, emphasis about patient safety and we're less and less tolerant for, for mistakes. Also, our patients are less tolerant for medical mistakes. We need to give all our best to, to minimize medical mistakes. Dr. Ariel Drury, I just wanted to first and foremost, thank you so much. It was a real honor having you on the show. I'm really excited about your work at Thoraxis, super passionate about, you know, what you guys are trying to do and ultimately, you know, your story and, and the whole way in which this came about, I think is really incredible, you know, thinking about how to save lives on the battlefield, really making an impact is really incredible. So love the work that you guys are doing and such an honor to have you on the show. Thank you, Greg. It's, it's been a pleasure. I want to just say a few words if any one of our listeners might be interested. With Like I said, we're, we're looking for an investor. Check out our website at thoraxess.com. Contact us. We'll help us move forward. Thank you for, for your invitation. Awesome. And we'll, uh, we'll have everything in the show notes. And we really appreciate everybody uh, listening. Please subscribe on iTunes and write a review. And uh, cheers to medical innovation. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Modern MD. Head to themodernmd.com to get links and recaps of every show and so much more. Dose up and like The Modern MD Facebook page.